Hello everyone and welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Dutzman. This is the official destination where we delve into the finest video games and board games. Perfect for you and your family. If you're a geeky parent, eager to share gaming moments with your kids, or just hunting for family-friendly game recommendations, you have come to the right place. Let me introduce you to my incredible team. First, we've got John Tomlinson, the man behind the curtain. John, how are you? I'm pretty good. Good to hear. We also have Jeff Walker hailing from the frozen north. Hello, everyone. And last but not least, we have Linda Roble, the mistress of magnificence, fondly known as Mom. Linda, how are you? I'm doing even better now. Podcast night. So um, we don't have Amanda this week. It is her wedding anniversary. So... All of us can say uh, happy anniversary to Amanda. She will not be here, but she did send us some notes so we could talk about some of her stuff. Uh, now that all of the introductions are out of the way, let's just dive right into the episode. We don't even have time for housekeeping. All that stuff will be in the show notes. It's game of the year time, everybody. I want to, first off, let's just all take a moment to realize how few days the year 2023 actually was because it feels like this was a week. It really yeah, we does. Blinked and it was over. It's crazy. If this tells you anything, Stephen, today at work, I had to put 2025 as an end date for something. Wow. Oh, wow. I don't think I like that. I don't. Nope. I don't. I don't like it at all, as a matter of fact. Um, the, I remember, like, it was... It feels like a week ago we were having an episode talking about how excited we were for Tears of the Kingdom. And that was more than six months ago. Absolute insanity. Uh, and then, you know, remember talking about how crazy this year was going to be? Talking about Street Fighter followed by Diablo followed by, like, Tears of the Kingdom and all these things in a row? Yeah, that all happened, like, six months ago. And here we are, and it didn't slow down. So... And it didn't get much easier in the board game space either because Linda and I were constantly bombarded with new news and interesting stuff and Lorcana that nobody could buy and just all sorts of crazy stuff. So um, before we go into the good news, I do, or before we go into the games of the year, I want to talk about our good news because that is a non-negotiable segment. We're going to cut through the negativity of which recently there has been a lot. And we're going to talk about things that we are absolutely unironically excited and happy about. Uh, we're going to start with Linda today. All right. I have a really easy one. We made it to PAX Unplugged for the first time in, what, like six or seven years, I feel like. It's been it's been a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. It's true. So it was glorious to be able to go. We had so much fun. We got to see so much. And we learned, as always with conventions, we learned what to do next year to make it even more amazing. So, yeah. It was a fantastic trip. It was absolutely great. Um, and that's honestly, I'm going to go next because that was my good news also. We, you know, we didn't even really book many appointments at all because we were questioning whether we were going to be there. We had our doubts. Um, you know, the, the drive down was intense. Um, I, <laughs> I had a rough Saturday 
Um, but we rallied and had a really awesome Sunday with, you know, making really good connections with Arcane Wonder um, and seeing the folks from Runaway Parade um, and, you know, reconnecting with some folks that we hadn't seen in a while, which I thought was pretty awesome. So we've got some awesome plans for board game coverage in 2024 as a result of this, which is very cool. Um, my favorite story out of this, and this is my good news, is I finally was able to get my hands on Lorcana cards, everybody, because we got there early to pick up our press badge and we walked into the queue room and they were like, Hey guys, look, you can wait in the room. You can wait in line for the regular line, or you can wait in line for the Lorcana line. And there were 15 people in that line. And I looked at Linda and I said, Linda, Mm -hmm. I know I'm not here. I got, I got to go in line to get some Lorcana. And so here's, what's really cool. I was able to go through and not only did I get what I needed, but I bought two extra pre-constructed decks that we're going to give away in our Facebook group after the new year um, because I want to start doing giveaways in the Facebook group. So if you're not in it right now, you should make sure you go to Facebook.com and uh, search Engage Family Gaming group uh, and join it. We'll put the links all over the place because we're going to start doing giveaways at the end of every month. Um, so that's my good news. What about you, Jeff? Uh, well, I know it. I'm really excited to hear about it. Yes. So, my good news is my seven-year-old, who will be eight in almost a month. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. I mean, I think when you and I first met Steven, she was two, almost three. I know. You had a baby, basically. And now you have, like, a person. It's weird. I, I, I was... When it comes to engaged family gaming, I was a fairly new family. I know. Uh, that knew nothing. Now, now I'm... Well, not a seasoned veteran as you, but... You know what? Listen, there comes a point. It plateaus. It plateaus, right? Because the reality is every kid... If you know one kid, you know exactly one kid. And, you know... But you're a ve- you're a but, veteran now. You got two kids. You're a veteran. You got two kids. Uh, so what... And this is one of those things where... And I'm sure we've all been in the moment where scrolling through Facebook, Twitter, and it's like, wow, this ad just speaks to me. And what I found is, I'm going to hold it up for those of you watching, is the D&D Adventure Club, which is for $12 a month, they send you a story right to your door that is catered towards kids. That's Um, really neat. That's really cute. So this is adventure number 28. So this is the 28th month they've done this. I lucked out because they go in sets of three. And so this is the first of the trilogy. Uh, oh, they nice. say it takes about an hour to play a book, but for all of us seasoned role players, we know when you're following a module, it never takes as short as they tell you it does. Of course not. <laughs> so we got through, I think this has three battles. We got through two. So we're about two thirds of the way through. I think we're going to finish it up this weekend. Um, one, th- I just want to go over some of the cool things they do. So on the inside here, they do some D&D tips and tricks. So, like, the inside of this book talks about advantage and disadvantage and what that means. Um, they tell you exactly how to run the battles. Uh, w- one of the things, if it's your first time playing, they don't do a very good job of explaining what you need to play. Yep. Okay. So, like, they're... Uh, 
if you're new to D&D, talk to one of your friends because this will not tell you that you need miniatures, you need the dice, you need, it doesn't, you just kind of have to, based on what they're telling you, decide what the maps look like because it doesn't have any maps that come with it. Okay. It doesn't tell you how to create a character, but every month they do release a character. And actually, this is why mine is ripped because I cut wrong. I actually have a character sheet in the back of the book. So my uh, this one kind of has a Jack and the Beanstalk kind of storyline. They're going up a Beanstalk, and so the character that came this month is called Jill the Giant Slayer. She's That's a awesome. Level two fighter. She's a level two fighter. But every character they've released in the past, you can find on their website for free. Yep. So, so we just went, so my daughter and wife played, and then we found out after the first battle that it might be a little bit hard for two people. So we went and got another character that my two-year-old played. I love she it. She rolled the dice for That's it. glorious. Uh, she playing her half-orc barbarian. I mean, when uh, in doubt, toddlers should be barbarians. Uh, it is worth mentioning that I, I have actually reached out to them um, at, under media contacts. So, you know, we'll... We'll see what we can find out because I, uh, you know, we I want to shout them out as much as possible. Yes, um, because they're pretty great. Them, I'd love to talk with them since. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And then on one last thing on the last page, they actually tell you how you can level up. So it tells you on this one, like for third level players, where you fight a group of kobolds, it says you number the kobolds, kobolds, and the, you double the number of them, and then you. Or the final monster you use, instead of their stats, you use the ogre stats from the book. So, again, if you didn't have the books or you don't know how to look for that stuff, which you can find it online. If you aren't well-seasoned in D&D, it might be a little hard. But for those of us who want to get kids into it, it's, it's nice. Uh, also, you learn a lot about your child's personality when they when you tell them you can do whatever you want in this game. Uh, yes, that is, uh, welcome to, uh, role-playing games with your kids. I can confirm that very, yeah, you find some, you find out some interesting stuff about what kind of chaos goblins your kids are. As a DM, I literally had to say, and I don't like to do this, no, you can't do this. Oh, sometimes you gotta do it. All right, so. Because may uh, be a murder hobo. Well, you know, kids be murder hobos. Uh, That is absolutely true. John, last but not least, what is your good news? By the end of the month, uh, Season of the Sea Witch will be living with me again. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Way to go, buddy. Yeah. So That's great news. That's great news. Is she watching? Did you... No, she's working this evening. Oh, she's working. Okay, all right, well. Okay, so we... But we yeah, can't we, say super we nice We should things. be signing the, the lease and we should be staying here. But I'll probably be recording in a different uh, location next month, but in the same house. So Sure. All right. Well, that It'll is be just the two of us and our cat. Well, I am super excited to hear that. That is great news. Good to know. She's keeping you around. Um, yeah. I know. You well, know, you put we, a ring on it and everything falls let's together. Let's say you know, uh, listen. I still, uh, I'm still happy that uh, she's yeah. keeping you around. You're doing all the right things. Good yeah, job. We really are uh, engaged family gaming. Oh now. man! You know what? Can I tell you something? 
Can I tell you something really I've funny? I've been waiting months to do that. Listen, okay, let me, let we, I, I have to tell a story. So I yep. was at PAX East, mm-hmm. and I was, I'm not going to say the name of the game, but, like, there was a guy who, I, I was there with a media badge, I was there playing a game, like, taking notes, and, like, the PR guy, like, very, like, or somebody was very clearly, like, walked up. This is an indie game. And he walked up to me, and so he, like, asked what my site was, and, you know, I gave him the spiel, and I gave him the whole thing. And um, and then he was like, yeah, well, you know, I just recently got engaged, you know. So isn't that, like, you know, like, isn't that, like, a single point in time? And, you know, like, what happens when your audience gets married? And, like, he was trying to, like, make – I'm hoping he was trying to make oh, a joke. Um, but it was just, it just came off kind of awkward and I was like, well, you know, we manage. And then I just kind of walked away. Um, the game wasn't that great either. So, um, all right. So that was my, uh, anecdote. Uh, but that was a good bit and I'm glad that John finally got to make it. So let's talk about the games of the year, man. 2023 was huge. Um, so many video games, so little time, uh, we're gonna start with board games, so I want to, you know, go, you know, give Linda a chance here uh, before we go completely nuts. Um, so, Linda, we yes. we kind of decide we we've we've keep moving the the needle on board games. We so- really do because it's such a huge category. It's hard to hone in and like find the exact, you know way we want to focus on it there's just so much so why don't you tell our audience what you decided what you decided with my (laughs) input yes i gave input but ultimately it was your decision we had some great collaboration on this because there's just so much out there and we got a whole bunch of we have a couple new games that just came in but we want to talk about things we've gotten to the table in this last year so some of these are new this year some of these are last year, and I think there's one that's a few years out, but it really became popular this year. So um, I'm going to lead off with the one that came out last year that absolutely blew me away, and it was way more engaging, and you know, I was excited for it, but it really just, I don't know. I don't know how to even describe it. It just, it really took my breath away, and that was her story. This is by Underdog Games, and the I know I talked about this after we played it, but I want to recap it really quick and just rave about it because her story is where you as the players are drafting historical females and like real like they really did a lot of research on these historical women and you're drafting these women to create chapters in a book. And you're using research tokens, so you're having to do a little bit of engine building to get these resources, and you're trying to get points. Uh, your different characters are worth different. Sorry, different women are worth different points, which I'm sure there was a lot of debate. I would love to see that whiteboard on how they did that and decided who would be which points. Um, there are some char- some of the um, chapters have they have a special power. The different women cards. And it's just, it sounds really complicated, but it's a very light strategy game. So you're doing some engine building, you're doing some set collection, but it's very light and 
it's easy to understand very quickly. And we, I know we picked it up, I think in like, you know, a couple handful of minutes we were going and playing and it was really having a nice time with it. Um, so there are 120 different historical women featured. Many of them are no longer with us. There are some that are currently living, which I think is pretty neat for them to be featured in a game. Um, and there was a whole committee that decided who was going to be in the game. So it was really an involved process. So I just wanted to rave about it because it was just, it was stunning to play. It was so cool stopping and reading the different facts about their lives and the blurbs and getting, seeing who I knew, who I didn't know. Same thing with the other players at the table. Um, it was just, it was a fantastic game. So I wanted to step, feature that one first. Um, absolutely. The, uh, I remember, you know, when they were, you know, sending that around, um, and, and, you know, talking about it, you know, we were really immediately, uh, interested in it and wanted to see, um, you know, just because of the theme and also, uh, what was really interesting is, you know, this game is not necessarily, you know, it's, it was, it came out last year. And so when it came, when it actually released, there was a, a whole lot of hype around it. Um, and a whole lot of discussion, um, some of which was pleasant to read and others, you know, nerds on the internet. But the reality is, um, you know, all the little pieces and all the little details coming together uh, really kind of made it shine. And yeah, absolutely. You know, it was one of the first games I thought of when I was like, you know what? We didn't really talk about it last year um, because we didn't have it. Um, so why don't we kind of expand a, you know, our... Um, list to be kind of more like what Polygon does. So we're kind of kind of riffing on what they do, which is the best board games we played this year so that we don't necessarily have to be kind of limited to, um, you know, just the releases of 2023 um, because I wanted to include that. So um, I'll go next. Um, and I want to talk about Robot Quest Arena from Wise Wizard Games. Uh, Robot Quest Arena, I actually came to it relatively late this summer and I bought it. Uh, with after demoing two turns, it was not a hard choice for me. Um, it is Robot Quest Arena is like Battle Bots, uh, you know the TV show or whatever, with like really cute robots, and it's a deck building game where you are kind of moving around, gathering energy and spending energy to either move around and attack your opponents or buy cards. And what I really like about this game is number one, it's not player elimination. Uh, if your if your robot is blown up, you can respawn, so it keeps you going. And it is a very small arena, and there are multiple attacks um, that are uh, that can attack the entire screen or the entire map. It is a small board, so you really can't just avoid people. You have to participate. You have to get into it, and. Every game I played with it was exciting and interesting um, and, you know, lots of different deck building strategies with the different cards. Absolutely loved it. So uh, Robot Quest Arena absolutely belongs in our uh, board games of the year list for 2023. Absolutely. All right. The third one. So we have the top three and then we're going to have an honorable mention. So the third one is the most popular game that's coming to our house this year. By the whole family and that is casting shadows by unstable games and this one we actually backed on kickstarter 
we were so excited for it, but it is at mass market retail at this point. You can find it all over. Um, it is in Target. That was one of the places that I uh, spotted it in my trek for finding good bargains for our viewers. And this one is like some of the, like similar to Here to Slay, which is another unstable game that we really enjoy. It's a card battling, but not a card battling like a collectible card game, like Lorcana or Magic the Gathering. Um, it is battling where you're trying to eliminate the other players by getting rid of all their hit points. And so you're going through and you're collecting resources, you're able to use spells, you can summon a companion, and if you get earn enough shadow points, and you're earning all these points and getting your resources, you're rolling dice and, and collecting them that way, and you can upgrade um, to your shadow form if you get enough uh, shadow uh, points, and then it unlocks some powers and gives you some other abilities, which is nice to have and helps you with defeating the other players. Uh, just like all of Unstable Games' work, the artwork is absolutely beautiful, very cute. They have, in the base game, the little wooden meeples to represent the different characters. You can obviously upgrade them and get little acrylic standees, which are top-notch. We did not splurge on the top the standees, but we have the very cute little meeples, which are adorable. Um, and they also have some cool add-ons that... If you have this already, uh, one something we're looking at is the player mats that you can add on um, as something else. Because because we really enjoy playing this one so much as a family. Yeah, that's so awesome. Upgrade. Yeah, no, it's really cool. They have all. I mean, you could really. This is one of those games. If you want to upgrade, you can go like full board and just really make it incredible. But it is costly, so we're kind of cherry picking the things that are most helpful for our gameplay. Um, but that's kind of the next step we're looking at. But we absolutely love this. We have the expansion, which unfortunately we haven't played just yet, but we're looking forward to getting the expansion to the table as well. So. Awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Okay, so I'll go in with the last one, um, and that's our honorable mention, um, and that is uh, the Fuzzies, which we you know made some TikToks about and posted some pictures about. Um, I'm just, there's really not much to say about it other than the fuzzies is Django with little fuzzy, like, puffball things, like the little craft balls. Um, that's it. There's some extra stuff to it, but it's, yeah, it's Django with little fuzzballs, and it is super fun to just fart around with. I think that, for me, like, for me, I mean, as far as most number of times taking a game from start to finish, it was the most played game that I had all year. Um, but part of that is because each game is like, you know, five, five minutes. minutes. And so if you're playing for a half hour, you just go nuts. Uh, so it yeah. cheats, but really good. It's also super inexpensive. So if you're looking for something to do over the, uh, over the holiday, uh, absolutely take a look at the fuzzies uh, because it's, I think it's like 15 bucks on Amazon. It's absolutely worth it. But listen, so you could, I, we didn't put it on this list, but you could go spend less than 30 bucks and get the fuzzies and tapple and, and you're just covered for family gatherings for the entire holidays. Um, yeah. so, uh, I would definitely give that a look. So those are our board yeah. games. Well, Don't forget, uh, monkey see monkey poo. Oh, well, I mean, monkey see monkey goes poo. On sale a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'll I mean, more videos of that after the holidays when it gets gifted and, since I did pick that up on the yeah, but that's not. But we're with respect with respect to Linda's desire to not put (laughs) scat humor in our uh, in in our game of the year list. 
you know, it's funny. Award show. Yeah, exactly. This is we're we're we are a we're intellectuals. Okay. Yes. Um, Though that one will go on games to make you laugh. I will say that. Yeah. It needs yeah, to go we're, on. So me, an intellectual. Um, <laughs> all right. So listen, great year for board games. Uh, no doubt oh, about that. Um, and there's so much more that are going to be coming to the table at the beginning of the year since they, we've got them already he- coming in or coming soon to us. So. Yeah, absolutely. Very excited. So let's talk about video games uh this was a really big year for games so uh what we did for video games as we did last year we're doing a winner for every esrb rating um i'm gonna post all these on social too uh within the next day or so just to kind of give them some additional proper spotlight but uh we're we're adding an additional category and i think this is kind of a mutually agreed upon change and that is we're going to talk about a cozy game of the year. Now, cozy games, if you don't know what that is, a cozy game is, generally speaking, a co- a game where combat is not the primary mechanism of um, gameplay. So a lot of these are farming games or economic simulators or things like that. And um, you know, some really, you know, the, the, the mother of all, Cozy games would be like Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley. It's a really big deal in the indie space right now, and we all have played some this year. So, uh, and they they always end up. What's interesting about cozy games is they always kind of end up like games that we talk about, but they just don't reach the same heights sometimes as you know some of the other games, right? Like it's hard to compete with Super Mario Brothers, etc. So what we decided to do, give them their own darn category. So, for the very first cozy game of the year from Engage Family Gaming, Jeff, uh, you voted for what was almost a unanimous winner for cozy game of the year. Tell us about our uh, tell us about our winner. Oh, our winner for cozy game of the year is Venba, which I believe I talked about it. On one of our shows this year. Yes, you uh, did. I do. I want to thank Amanda for bringing this game to light to me because I don't think this would have been a game I would have played if it wasn't for her just saying how excited she was for it. Uh, so what Vimba is is you're going through the life of an Indian family, and it's part, um, you know story where you're just going through the story and part of it is a cooking simulator and what's really cool about the cooking simulator side of things is that first you're starting out making a recipe with your mom so the books are hard uh are easy to understand even though you finally learned that even though everything's in english it's how much you understand of and i'm not gonna try to remember what language they speak um but whatever, what language they're speaking, uh, as the game goes on, you know, you lose, as kids get older, they lose contact with their parents. And so then you're trying to remake one of your mom's favorite dishes, but you don't know how to speak the language that she wrote her notes in, because it's been years since you've practiced your home language. And so then it becomes part puzzle game, trying to figure out, well, what do they mean by this? What should I do here? And it's just a really sweet story. 
That's awesome. Uh, this game was, uh, when I threw this out, it was pretty much universal. Um, everybody that voted on a cozy game, with one exception, and we'll give it a moment, uh, threw Venba out there. Um, I think we all agreed this was one of the first video games we've played that made us hungry, um, which is uh. which is true facts. I don't know if y'all heard that. Um, speaking of being hungry, um, I had Belching Teenager yeah. right there. I, I will say... This game did not get any of our awards, but there was another game that was about South Asian cuisine that could also make you hungry. Or it was more a, food. It was a, this was a year for making people hungry. Um, yeah. But the... The um, game about is 30 suitors. That one also has some very good-looking Asian food. Yeah, I'll, yeah, it does. Um, our second... So the, the kind of the... Uh, Venba is on everything. Um... Jeff, um, are are you in the Twitch chat? Let's see here. Uh, yes, I am. Could you could you get a link to Venba and throw it in the chat, um, their website, so that Mega Mom can see it? Um, I think it's it's on Switch, but it's also on PC. It's on I think it's on everything. I think um, it's on Game Pass. It's on. Wait, it is no, on there Game was Pass right now. Oh, it is. Okay. Well, I don't know if that helps where, Mega Mom. That's where I played it. Um, but I we're gonna get her. Um, we're gonna get you a link, Mega Mom. Don't you worry about it, John. Runner up, runner up, co-winner. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Non-unanimous victory. Um, yeah. Oh, you can't post links because um, you know what, Mega Mom. We'll put it in a group because I don't because uh, Pokemon Snapshot can't post links. Uh, I block. Well, that's rude. Well, I don't have time to make you an admin. Um, but. Let's see. You gotta uh, catch him before his show and pressure him into it like I do. That's how it does. Um, we'll put all the winners in uh, the Facebook group, Mega Mom. So you'll get it. I promise. We will get you Your that. Your website's really, really easy though. It's just venbagame.com. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'll just look it up. There's no cops. John, tell us about Dave the Diver. No, this is my game of the year. I don't even know what that is. It's adventure on Atari. Oh, oh well, don't do that. Made out of Lego. All right. Um, so Dave the Diver starts off as a game where you're just a normal fishing guy. You're just a chubby guy in a Hawaiian shirt that fishes. And you have a sketchy friend. And next thing you know, there's this, uh, you go out for sushi, you become friends with a chef, and there's this huge earthquake and half the restaurant falls apart. For some reason, you're pressured into running the restaurant every night and catching the fish all day. And then there's just weird plot lines, a lot like, imagine um, Stardew Valley if it took place at sea. Like, mm. you're going around and you're farming fish, you're getting kelp and stuff to make different uh you're making getting seaweed and growing seaweed eventually you're meeting different um people in the game and in, in on the island and also underwater and stuff like that and just where different plot lines pop up um there's a bunch of cutscenes that are straight up anime jokes that are hysterical like every once in a while like the uh um the chef 
will come up with a new dish or be improving on the new dish. And it just turns into a cutscene out of an anime as if he was training for like a samurai fight. And it, it it's so oddball and cute and fun. And next week, I think, or later this week, uh, the um, the DLC comes out, which is another cozy game, fishing game that came out this summer, uh, where Dredge comes to Dave the Diver. And Dredge is basically all that, but top-down, and a whole bunch of, like, Lovecraftian horror. But not too scary. Just creepy. So, okay. Yeah, Dave, Dave the Diver, best game. A lot of fun. All right. Well, I mean, I, I, I haven't played it, but I really want to. Yeah. Um, you had me at Big Guy in a Hawaiian shirt on the beach. Yep. So um, I put the link to that one in the chat. So those are our cozy games. Um, you know, obviously, this is going to be a category that we'll be talking about a lot uh, because I think uh, we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of energy around this one once I started talking about it. Amanda was certainly excited, but she's not here, so we'll probably be talking about that more as the year goes on. Um, so now uh, I we realized something that we did wrong last year, and that was this is a family gaming show, and so we ended our show talking about M-rated games, and that was not great. So what we're going to do. Um, we're going to reverse the orders and go M, T, E, 10 plus, and E um, to kind of really kind of give some buildup to the family-friendly titles that are a really big deal for us. Um, but we're going to start with, you know, the rated M games. These are for the grown-ups. So this is for After Dark, Kids Go to Bed, and the winner here by a landslide on ours was Final Fantasy 16, which I feel like we don't need to go into too much detail about this one or, or you know, either of these rated, rated M games. These are, um, what, what's really interesting is our winners from Rated M this year are all uh, throwbacks to long-standing franchises um, and are rated, you know, they're certainly rated M, um, but, you know, especially with Final Fantasy 16, you know, I lamented that they made it a rated M game, and I was questioning whether or not it was a good decision, etc. And uh, it turns out that it was a pretty good decision, because they really kind of mixed in Game of Thrones with Final Fantasy in all the best ways, while it was still a Final Fantasy game. Um, and it's probably one of the best-looking games I have ever seen. And what's wild about this is... Yeah, I found out just a week ago that the um, the the switcher, the uh, HDMI switcher that we have, or all that, um, is uh, it, it doesn't let you use 4K or HDR. So I've been watching all my stuff in a crappier version without even realizing it. So um, we're fixing that, and I kind of want to play Final Fantasy 16 kind of over again because I'm uh, I'm missing some of the set pieces. The other game is Resident Evil 4 Remake, and that came from John. He suggested this one. Um, listen, Resident Evil 4, one of the best Resident Evil games, and Resident Evil 4 Remake kind of brings it all back uh, and, and updates it in some really great ways. John, give us, a, give us a little bit of a pitch on why Resident Evil 4 Remake needs to be put at the top of the list. Because there were a lot of great games that came out this year. So uh, just from an accessibility standpoint, 
um, the remakes of Capcom, like, I can't play Resident Evil for the original. I've tried, and, like, the first thing that happens is you end up in a village, and you get surrounded, and you have to fight out zombies, and eventually you just, uh, like, a cutscene happens. I never got to that point in the original game. I failed many times. I bought it and borrowed it from friends. Never get through it. But like what they do what Resident Evil does with all these remakes is they add on uh like snap targets targeting and like you could turn it on easy mode and just like you could just play it for the story. And that's why I've been like Really, just whenever Resident, whenever Capcom decides to do these Resident Evil games, I'm like, take my money. Here you go, and they're really good games. Just because I like the Resident Evil story, and yeah. just like I said, accessibility. It's it's such a big accessibility boost with these new games, and that new engine. It looks beautiful and creepy, but like. Everything in that game looks beautiful, and I can't wait for the next one. All right. But so, the only reason I didn't nominate or agree on Final Fantasy 16 is because I haven't played it yet. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, it is what it is, right? There's just so much that yeah. came out this year. So you can't play them all. Um, next. Know. So next up, uh, rated T. We, we had a lot of variants here. So... Um, I could we could not possibly spend give all of them their due. However, uh, the winner for the rated T uh, game of the year from Engage Family Gaming is Marvel's Spider-Man Two. Um, I think this is super deserving. Um, it is not surprising that it did well, considering the original Marvel Spider-Man was our game of the year the year it came out, and Marvel Spider-Man Two did everything the original did. Um, and just kind of kicked it up a notch. Uh, there are two. There are two Spider-Men. <laughs> there are more of everything, uh, and it is also a technical marvel. Um, one of the things I've been noticing over the last week is a lot of people sharing, um, see, you know, some clips from Spider-Man about how they took made use of the uh, the the hard drive on the PlayStation Five to be able to do quick loads and fast moving through the city um, and. The, the way they integrated cutscenes into actual gameplay in just insane ways. So Marvel Spider-Man 2, if you even think you like Spider-Man and own a PlayStation 5, you owe it to yourself to pick this game up uh, without question. Um, other nominees <clears throat> include Octopath Traveler 2, which came from uh, my brother. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Goodness gracious, Stray Gods, uh, which was recommended by Amanda. Stray Gods is, it's on PC only right now. However, it is a, um, it's a musical, straight up. It's a game, it's like an adventure game that is a musical voiced by uh, Laura Bailey uh, is the lead singer. She is from uh, Critical Role, but she's also a phenomenal and prolific voice actress. She's also a very good singer. So if you want to hear some cool music and like a weird, like kind of noir, interesting story. Uh, take a look at that. And last but not least, Star Wars Hold on, Jedi. Peter. What? 
I'm on Stray God's Wikipedia page. It yep. says it's on everything. Is it on everything? Oh, great. Well, then they changed that and put it on everything because when it came out, it was just on PC. So, Stray Gods, it's on all of the things. That's great. Uh, that's really good news, actually. Um, and so, last but not least, uh, another you know honorable mention for Rated T is Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is Jeff. I mean, you you put this one here, and I did you know, not. I, I did not play uh, Jedi. Wait, Survivor. you didn't? No, all right, John. Never mind. I'm I, sorry. I was the one who told you what the correct name of the game was. Oh, that's true. That's true. Listen, here's the thing: Star Wars Jedi Survivor is a terrible name for a video game, objectively, and it should be yep. dis- in my eyes. It should be disqualified from awards because it made me figure out where the colon was. Okay, <laughs> like I don't want to deal with that. No, no jokes from the peanut gallery. I didn't want to think about I like I don't know, like where do you put it? Do you put is it when, Star Wars? When you hired yourself as the editor, you'd had to learn. I didn't want to do that. So with that said, you know what? Listen, it's Star Wars Dark Souls is what this is, and it's freaking great. I know it's good objectively. I'm just bad at it. John, tell me why I should play this game, even though I'm terrible at it, and its name is awful. Just like Resident Evil, there's a lot of accessibility. You could actually like turn down the the uh, um, difficulty range, and it's less of a Dark Souls, and it's more of a action game, like you know, Uncharted and all that kind of stuff. So, like all all the yeah, it's Dark Souls because you have a sword, but like you you also do other stuff. So, oh right, yeah. Right. It it definitely is a uh, a lot better game. It the upgrades in the quality of the like cutscenes and graphics and stuff. It's like they learned all their lessons because I know they kind of had a tough uphill battle for the first one, but like they definitely fixed everything with this one from the jump, and it's a quality game. Well, it absolutely is, um, and that's why it is one of the runners-up for a Rated T Game of the Year Award uh, from Engage Family Gaming. Now, uh, next is E10+. And this one, you know, here's what I want to do. I really want to talk about how surprised I was when I found out that The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which is our winner for this year, was not Rated T. Did any of us think this game wasn't Rated T until now? I'm going to be honest, that game and our other nominee, I thought they both were rated T until I looked up right ratings. Like, when it came time to, like, I just assumed, and this is like, what what's the term for, like, you just make a decision in your head and you just kind of see it? And no matter, like, I don't even know. I'm sure there's a... An I'm sure assumption. There's, yeah. Like a, <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> Well, listen. Poor Linda, she's like muted for laughing. Um. Okay. So I, I guess I can unmute and laugh too. But yeah. Was well, everybody is it, listen? So the game of the year awards, uh, the 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 true game of the year, is laughing. It's is all the laughing at Steve we did along the way. And great. Yeah. Okay. That's so just the highlight reel. That's just the highlight yeah. reel. So the Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom is our winner for the E10 plus. Game of the Year on Engage Family Gaming. I thought this game was rated T because Zelda games are rated T and have and Breath of the Wild was rated T. And then my sons and I looked uh, at actually, it. 
What? After the Wild was rated E10+, plus, I just looked it up. What? Curious. <laughs> what am I even doing? Like, why do I even bother? Are you kidding? No, I don't believe you. Let's go look. We're going to... I'm on ESRB's website. E10+. Plus for literally like gaslighting himself. <laughs> no, I don't believe you. I'm, I'm looking this up. Um, I'm putting this right up on the screen. I don't even care. Listen, we're doing this live. Because I do not believe you. Um, so, right. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and Breath of the Wild have the exact same ESRB rating as SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic. I can't Day. even believe this. I've been living a lie. I think they call that a Mandela effect. Yeah. I've been living a lie. Uh, so somebody throw the someone go into the uh, somebody go into the EMG Facebook community and throw the elf the elf get the elf gift at me and just say that I live on I, I sit on a throne of lies because I swear oh, to yeah. God I thought this was oh my lord okay so you know what I don't know I I just shot my entire credibility uh, by assuming that these were T T rated games forever. Um, Legend of Tears of the Kingdom is a freaking good video game. It is, like, I, I can't even put into words how mind-blowing some of the stuff you're doing in this game is. It is an amazing open world with all sorts of things to discover, all sorts of secrets. There are, and the combinations for things that you can kind of jam together and the vehicles you can make, etc. It is super cool absolutely deserving of being our winner for E10+. Plus. Um, we're going to have to come up with like a better name for these. We'll do that next year. Little agile development, right? Like little updates every year. Um, some other nominees. Faye Farm. That was from Amanda. That's a cozy farming game um, where you're in a, kind of a fairy landscape building a farm. Um, and Dredge, which John hinted at when he talked about Dave the Diver. And um, Jeff, tell us a little bit about Sea of Stars, which I also thought was rated T, and it turns out that it's rated E10+. Plus. What yeah, is up I, I with that? Honest, when I was coming up with my rankings, I had to go and type into Google, 2023 E10 Plus Games. All right. And E10 Plus... For those of you who don't know, is a fairly, I mean, within the last. Uh, it's new. I it's relatively new. It, it's it's a newer rating, so sometimes I forget it exists. Um, but Sea of Stars is a turn-based RPG with mechanics like Paper Mario, where if as they're attacking, you hit the attack button, you do more damage, uh, and I just I love the whole story. It was great. A lot of times I'll find an RPG that's not made by Square. I start playing through it, and you know, it's not one of the big RPGs, and I end up putting it down because I'm like, you know what? I'm bored with this. This was good at the beginning, but you know, you aren't like the RPG's masters, but I, I love CSRs. I played it all the way through. Uh, Garl is my spirit animal. Um, that's the That's the guy with the trash can for a shield, right? The guy that cooks, yes. Yeah, I like that guy. I like him. He's a good dude. So. You never beat it, did you, Steven? I didn't, no. How can you beat it? Uh, what happened? 
You're supposed to talk when you beat it. And you never yeah, we, well, you know, the spoilers. Um, it, it's there. a long video game. Um, and I have five jobs, so uh, video games are tough. Okay. Um, okay. So, but I, I played a bunch of it and absolutely loved it. I did have to turn on some of the accessibility stuff for me um yep. just because it's because i i ain't got no rhythm um so the the timing based attacks and stuff were really tough for me but i i absolutely did love that game which i believe they have accessibility where it can just it will just automatically succeed for you or i i kept the one on where it would actually send up a firework when you're supposed to hit the button yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's the one that i did because it actually really did help me a lot um, so I, I, I kind of picked in the middle ground, which is what I'm finding is where I kind of end up most of the time where I'm, I, you know, I'll, I don't necessarily need all of the bells and whistles for, um, assists, but I need some, um, okay. So We're that's getting a, old. Well, listen, I need a little bit of help and we all know I'm hilariously bad at video games. That's like a meme. It's what we talk about. And apparently I'm, I'm also... Sure I've definitely been there where I'm playing a game and then I'm just like, I just want to finish this game. I like this game, but I want to go on to the next game. So I turn it on to the easiest difficulty, the story mode. I just yep. like beat the, fi beat the final My boss. My backlog is way too big. I, I did that with big. I did that with Horizon Zero Dawn. I got to like the yep. last 10% of the game and then I'm like, okay, I've seen enough of this game. Let's go. Um, I on, on PlayStation, you could actually set it up in the settings to always pick the easiest and also pick a certain resolution. And I did that straight from the jump. Um, I have actually... Uh, I, I always pick easy until uh, until I find out that I'm missing like game mechanics, and then I turn it up. So like Final Fantasy VII Remake, I was like, easy mode there is you're not even engaging with the combat. So I just... Yeah, I switched a little bit there. But anyway, this is not accessible. the Accessibility Options Podcast. This is the Game of the Year podcast. So now I think we all got to talk about our rated E Game of the Year that was completely unanimous. Everyone who voted said the exact same thing. And Bob honestly... Nope, nope. That's not even... Honestly, how dare you? Um, Guys, listen. Uh, it's Super Mario Brothers Wonder is our rated E Game of the Year. Um, and how could it be any other way? There were tons of other really good games that came out this year, but Super Mario Brothers Wonder was one of the best games all year, full stop. It is, and we'll all take a moment to talk about this one, because I, for me, what I really liked about this is this is the first brand new 2D art style for a um, Mario game since Engage Family Gaming started. So this is our 10th anniversary, and this is our first, like, new true new 2d mario game uh with a different art style and different mechanics etc and that was really special for me and i think they really knocked it out of the park uh jeff what about you what, what are your thoughts on super mario brothers wonder oh i was going to say i had a smile on my face the whole way but there are some hard parts where i definitely did not have a smile on face and it was more of a face of frustration but no i love the game i haven't 100 percent it yet it's one of those games i want to go back to I still have some of the special worlds to beat. But um, I love Mario platformers. Um, my One of my best friends, Josh, he will tell you that he's never seen... He, he acts like I'm like the best at platformers. I think I'm just good. I'm not the best. I'm good. But 
like they're they're just my jam and so as soon as a new one came up i knew i was getting a day one um when i had to choose between spider-man and mario i chose mario because platformers are my thing and i loved every minute of it um i would like to say i'm going to interrupt a little bit and say um super mario brothers wonder was an opportunity for me to show that i am not completely bad at games i'm just hilariously bad at them because my kids saw me go through some levels and i actually did pretty okay i did some platforming that they did not expect me to be able to do because i am not that terrible anyway john go ahead tell us your thoughts on super mario brothers wonder so when uh zelda uh tears of the kingdom came out i was very quick on jumping on the um online vouchers Yep. But I had no clue what my second game was going to be because it like every once in a while I'll pick up a Pokemon game, I'll play it for like 10, 20 hours and be like, this really isn't my thing. But then we all saw that trailer and we saw Mario turn into a dang elephant. Yeah, we did. And I lost my mind. I hit that button. I I bought it and waited for the email confirmation and waited for it to load. And then I've only played an hour of it. But I'm really ready to go play the rest of it now. I have vacation next week, so... And Listen, I spent a week in the hospital last month. So it's been a busy time. Yeah, we'll give you we'll yeah. give you a little bit of a break. Uh, because yeah, yeah. it's the, you know, the holidays and you, you did spend some time in the hospital. So I'll give you a break. Although yeah. I do want to say the Switch is handheld. So uh, I, I was say you could have been showing some re- you could have been showing some respect to your job and being dedicated. I I don't think I played any video games just because of mental gymnastics while I was in there that like we won't go to here. But like I would have loved to play a lot of video games when I was sitting in the hospital for five, almost six days. You heard it so. here first, folks. John is not dedicated yeah. to his job at Engage oh. Family. Oh, uh, I can't. Oh, can I give a quick anecdote, real quick? Of course you can. We have, oh, of course you can. Okay. But um, before we do that, John, you know, John, you know, I'm kidding, right? I'm just giving you know. No, I know, I know. Okay, I know. okay, good. Um, uh, my, I'm giving you a pay cut, fifteen percent pay cut. Oh, Wait, right, you're go ahead, Jeff. I'm called the labor board. You just harassed me. <laughs> I should get an increase. What are you talking about? Okay. I'll call you uh, HR. All right, go ahead. So my only hospitalization was when I was in fifth grade and I had appendicitis. Okay. So I was in the hospital, I think, three or four days. Because back then it wasn't just an in and out. Surgery. I'll... Once I started healing, they wanted me to walk more. How they got me to heal is, so in the children's ward, they had Nintendo Entertainment System. But they would only give me two games at a time, so to get me to start getting back to walking is, I would have to walk down to the end of the hall to where the nursing station was to trade out what game I wanted for the next game I wanted to play. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> I like had it. the best carrots for you. It's yeah. I mean, listen, it's absolutely true. Video games are really good. They're really good motivators. By the way, Mega Mom did volunteer to be HR. So if you need to go to HR, you got to go to Mega Mom. Um, <laughs> On it. I said, I said who she, do we need? Who do we need? She agreed with you. Uh, she, she agreed with you about, she thought it was T for teen for the. Uh, it's true. Well, that's why, that's why I gave her the job. 
Because she agreed with me. That's it. I gave her the job. She's HR. Who do we need to talk to when we need an adult mega mom? So um, let's let's review the winners um, because I think this is a real. This is actually a really good list um, on the board game side. Our top three: Robot Quest Arena, Casting Shadows, and Her Story. Um, and Amazon wish list. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Let me tell you, those are all three of those belong on there. They're really good. Um, and then video games, cozy game of the year, Venba, awesome. Uh, rated M, Final Fantasy 16. Rated T, Marvel Spider-Man 2. Rated E10 Plus, The Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Somehow, and rated E for everyone. Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Let's be honest. If somebody rolled out and only played those five video games and three board games, they had a sick gaming year. Um, you know what I mean? I think, uh, and, all, and fun fact, all of those games, I believe, except for Venba, but we just don't put indie games on our gift guides for, you know, logistical reasons. All of those games found their way onto our gift guides. They're probably all going to find our way onto our essentials list. 2023 is a really darn good year of games. Um, so we did it, guys. We, we made it. it through our game of the year episode. Um, quick programming. Now, oh, look at that! We got adventure made out of Legos. The original Atari Adventure. Oh, is this the got green oh. in the top? Yeah, I finally oh, I started that. making the Atari tonight. I love it. I love it. Yeah. No crocheting really today. Cool. I'm not showing what I made. I'm weeding my students' names for my cricket. I have sharp, pointy oh. things. I'm putting my students' names in their handwriting on an ornament. So for oh. the parents out there, little, uh, yeah. But That's going to be yeah. awesome. I can't By wait the for way, that. This is the instruction manual, and it looks like an old Atari instruction manual. Awesome. Oh, that's, that's really cool. cool. That's a cool set. Uh, Mega Mom. just so smart when they do that stuff. Mega Mom in the chat saying she played that back in the day. Okay, so. Right? Um, the original uh, RPG. Programming note. This is the last Engaged Family Gaming podcast of 2023. So at the end of this episode, we're all going to wish you uh, happy holidays, New Year, happy New Year, all that. And we're going to be back. Um, I will announce our return date in the Engaged Family Gaming community, which we will be pushing hard in 2024 if we have any real theme it's going to be growing the community so if you're listening to this you're going to want to head to engage family game you're going to what you're going to want to do is it's it's facebook.com slash groups slash engage family gaming or just look up engage family gaming community um you're going to want to get in there we're going to be doing we're going to be doing giveaways every month um we're going to be putting a lot of effort into growing that community because that's the thing that um, a lot of people are interested in, um, including myself. So we're going to be there. Um, we have one more episode of the Coils of Destiny for 2023, and that is next week. We're going to see how our adventurers fare recovering from the rats. If you want to know what that means, you can uh, come That's tune in on Monday um, and see. Um, so... Thank you very much for watching, and thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as the four of us enjoyed recording. I'm setting a pretty high bar for that because this is the highlight of my week. We will see you in 2024. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, and until right. next time, don't forget to have a happy holidays.
Have an awesome new year. And most importantly, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see y'all in January. Bye now. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.